The Spicy Marriage Podcast is for mature audiences only. If you are under the age of 18, please turn this off and do not listen. Think about your parents having sex. You may want to turn it off now. You don't want to hear that. In addition, we are not licensed professionals. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Welcome to the Spicy Marriage Podcast. Here we talk about marriage, sex, and all things in between. Let's turn up the heat. Turn it up, y'all. Welcome back, everybody. So glad that you decided to tune in with us today, wherever you're listening from. If it's in the car, on the road to work, or wherever you're listening from, we're just so grateful you joined us today. So we're going to kick it off with a listener question. So Sarah, why don't you go ahead and open it up? We received a really great thought-provoking question. It was, how do you debunk the lies of how we learn what married sex should look like? Which I thought was a really great question. Yeah, it's a great question. So um, real quick, I mean, let's just list a couple of ways that our society has taught us about sex. And unfortunately, a lot of that has come from pornography or movies or TV shows that portray this hot and heavy, passionate lovemaking scene. Um, and that is oftentimes so far from reality. Yeah. And it can be hot and heavy. It can be that. Right. But at the same time, through imagery, if you've ever gone down that road with pornography, you know, it's not a good road to go down because it, it begins to reinforce ideas in your mind about what it is supposed to look like. And that is just not true. And so really kind of re-evaluating where you started to believe what married sex was supposed to look like, because at the end of the day, it should be a journey. And Sarah and I talked about that already, that your journey is going to be far different than anybody else's. I mean, there's no two couples that are going to have the same journey. It's going to look the same. And so that's one of the big lies that I think that has really hijacked couples' ability to have a healthy um, sex life and understand what it should really look like. Because however you guys come to that determination um, yourselves through communication is really the main point of going on that journey together so that you can both explore and figure each other out, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that. And back to the the imagery piece, you know, as young females, you know, when we start wearing bras and things like that, you see Victoria's Secret models and, you know, you, you see this image of, you know, what a, a sexy female should look like and men men do the same and the reality is most women don't look like that y'all okay most men don't have a six-pack and that is just the reality and when you get married and you start exploring your spouse and learning their body you have to love all of them yeah and know that they love all of you so I think when it comes to the imagery piece and kind of the lies or the the myth of, well, this is how 
the the woman should look or this is how the man should look and this is how sex should look it's going to look different for everyone there are a lot of challenges that married couples have and you know it could be a health challenge it could be a physical challenge so however you have sex is going to look very different from how someone else has sex and you know not getting into that comparative you know, spiral of, well, it doesn't look like this, so we must not be doing something right. No, like that's, that's a myth. Yeah, for sure. And just another way that I think that we have kind of bought into a lie, if if your parents were never really open with you and talked to you about sex, then there's automatically this stigma that is attached to it. So you're kind of fumbling your way through your teen years in your formative years trying to understand something about this topic and really the unfortunate part is is that sex when it happens when you're that young or when you're exposed to it that early you don't have the mental capacity or maturity to really understand everything about it other than simply the mechanics. Right. It's a transaction right. almost. Right. And in in the marriage space, this is not a transactional thing. This is a mind, body, soul, spirit experience. And that takes a while to unlock and unpack. And so taking the shame and removing the shame away from what we have been taught or the lack thereof, um, that's really something that, again, you have to go into a, in a journey with your spouse and navigate those waters because they are uncharted waters. Even if you had an experience before you were married, it is not locked into it's always going to be that way every single time. And And I also think that that is a lie of what married sex buys into sometimes is that we have to do it this way every single time, Mm -hmm. right? Whether that means that both partners achieve orgasm or you do this specific position every time or whatever the case is. And so those are common misconceptions that I think that we can get locked into and get locked in on cruise control on. And it takes a lot of intentionality and a lot of communication to really make sure that you're constantly checking the pulse seeing where things are at and seeing places that you might have bought into a lie when it comes to what your sex life should look like. Um, And again, like Sarah said, the comparison piece is probably one of the biggest downfalls that you can do because there are always going to be higher drive individuals and lower drive individuals. I mean, that's just a natural progression. And oftentimes, when people get married, you have one high drive spouse and the other lower drive spouse. And so you have to figure out how to navigate that and do it successfully so that one person is not constantly on the take and the other person is constantly on the give. You know what I mean? Okay. And and so where both partners, it's an ebb and a flow of, of the bodies where you're learning how to please your spouse but at the same time, you're not taking more than that spouse is able to give at that moment in time. So um, I think that that's, a, that that's another lie that we kind of bought into as far as marriage goes. All right, we're going to jump into our topic today, and we're going to talk about communication. 
and communication, not just in the sexual sense, okay? Because oftentimes married couples don't know how to communicate well. And communication is such a foundation. It it legitimately is the foundation of a healthy sex life. Yes. It's kind of like going on a smooth paved road. And when you're on a smooth paved road, the car gets better gas mileage. It travels more efficiently. You get to your destination faster. But if the road is bumpy and lots of curves in it and you've got detours in it, then it makes getting to the destination a whole lot more difficult. And so excellent communication is really the foundation of a good sex life. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today because that's something that we've learned over many, many years. Sarah and I are best friends. Uh, We have really been intentional about communicating from day one. And we've had some challenges that we've had to overcome and we've had to have some hard conversations as well with each other. And so we're going to just talk a little bit about the need and maybe give you some tips and tricks on how you can communicate better with your spouse so you both can achieve the type of marriage and sex life that you really would love to have. So, um, so Sarah, why don't you just talk a little bit about from the woman's perspective on some of the needs that women have when it comes to communication overall in general from the marriage? Yeah. Women are emotional. We are detail oriented. We want to feel heard. Um, We want to be spoken to gently. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes honest and transparent feedback can be taken personally. Mm -hmm. Um, Depending on the woman, you can take offense to it. And the intent behind what was said may not have intended to be offensive, but we are emotional. We can be a little dramatic sometimes. (laughs) And, um, but overall, we want to be heard. We want to know that you're listening. We don't necessarily want you to fix it. So if, if I'm going through something and I'm just trying to, you know, download my thoughts and bounce it off of you. I'm not necessarily looking for you to give me an answer or a fix. I just need to be heard. And then maybe afterwards we can talk about it. Or if you, you do a really great job of, of speaking to certain things, not in a demonstrative way or not in a way that you want to come in guns blazing and, and, and fix it or, or tell me what I should do with this, that, or the other. You you do a really good job of, of trying to help me process those thoughts. And, you know, this is taking time. We've mm-hmm. been together 22 years. Yeah. <laughs> so you've been my sounding board for 22 years. And we've learned, like, we've both learned how to constructively communicate and really do that in a way where the other person feels heard. I feel seen and I feel like whatever it is, you support me 100%. Yeah. And I think for, for men, when it comes to how you talk to your wife, that can be very challenging if you have not been well-versed in it 
because you really have to be very careful about not only your words, but your delivery. Because the delivery, even though what you're saying may be completely accurate, and for men, we just like to, nine times out of ten, just say what it is that we got to say. And (laughs) there's no intent behind trying to be, you know, a jerk or anything like that. We're simply just trying to say, hey, here's how I'm feeling or here's, you know, what happened and um, and not be condescending in a in a way, but oftentimes it can be construed that way. And so we've had to have some really intentional conversations about that as well of watching the tone in which what I'm trying to communicate is delivered in. And so I think that one of the challenges for men and women both is really when things begin to get to a level where you have to say some hard things to your spouse and understanding how to fight fair. And that's a topic that we'll discuss in a lot more detail on a separate episode. But really the number one rule of fighting fair is attack the issue and not the person. Mm -hmm. And so when Sarah notices something that I have said or done, there's a, there's a couple of ways that can backfire quickly. So if I've made a jerk of myself, if she tells me that I've been a jerk, then that's simply going to compound the issue. That's not really going to get me to a de-escalated state or a de-escalated situation where I can really hear what she's trying to say. And this is something that she does so well. I mean, she will grab my hand and she'll say, honey, I love you. I'm for you. But this was a moment that I felt like you could have handled this differently or could have said that differently. And it's incredible how it's almost like if you've ever watched the Marvel movies, you know, it's like uh, Black Widow with Hulk, right? Where she's like, the, what is it? The sun's, the sun's sinking low. Yeah. You know, she just kind of talks him off the edge, talks him off the cliff and brings him back to, you know, um, David Banner. So with that being said, I think that because for men, the number one need typically is respect and they need to feel respected. And if a man doesn't feel respected, that's when it gets to be a no-win situation. So women need to be heard. They need to feel connected. Men need to feel respected. And so when those two things are out of line, it can become this negative feedback loop. It's like a vicious mm. <laughs> negative feedback oh gosh, loop. Gosh, it is a it's it is vicious. Yeah. It's toxic and it's a no win situation for either one of you. And at the end of the day, somebody has to stop. Yeah. Like you can't wait for the other person. Like somebody has to stop and say, Okay, I want to do this differently. I will say though, that's usually you. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> so, that is usually you because I mean, the last few times we have had discussions discussions it i i'm the one who's processing or sulking and just irritated and annoyed yeah and i don't really want to take that step and and make things right and get things back to a better place i know it'll get there at some point but i'm usually not that one Mm -hmm. but you and that's i think part of like the pursuing you pursue that you don't you know hound me and you know you you allow me the time and the space to like process and get my thoughts together 
but you are usually that one to try to bring things back full circle or like wave a white flag of, okay, like this is stupid. This is ridiculous. What are we doing? Mm -hmm. And so I appreciate that. about Thank you. you. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do think that because I am a less talk it out right at the moment where Sarah is much more of a processor. Mm -hmm. And so when we're having discussions about things and, and, you know, we are kind of talking a little bit about, about fighting, but just communication in general, you have to be so conscious of the way that you're talking to each other because you can be condescending and not even realize it sometimes. And then when the spouse calls you out on it, you take it as an attack and then it just escalates into, you know, World War Three, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas picking your moments and picking your times, because Sarah oftentimes will have to process things that I have said. She's not going to be very quick to respond in the moment, whereas I am much more of a let's fix it now. And so we've had to learn how to lean into that and not shy away from it. So for instance, if Sarah needs some space just to process it, or if she doesn't call me out in the moment that something is happening, I know that that is because she is trying to internalize and process what happened, get her mind around it so that she can deliver it in a way that's effective and safe. As opposed to me thinking, well, she didn't say anything to me right now, so she must just be building that up in her head and stewing on it. So you, you see the, the difference of the mentalities that can happen within that context. And so I really think that by her being able to process it, I know that when she does come and say something to me that she's really well thought it out. And so I take it and I don't like it sometimes. I mean, I'm just going to be honest. Like sometimes, I mean, I really don't freaking like it (laughs) (laughs) you can do hard things you can do hard things (laughs) but but navigating that is such a critical part of having a healthy relationship and a healthy marriage so that you don't get into this negative feedback loop because every time if sarah said something to me that she really like i gotta understand that she's for me we're on the same team right she wants me to be successful so when she says something to me, she's not trying to attack me. And so ladies, like, please hear that part of it. When you say something to your husband, if you come across in an attacking manner, the defense mechanism and the walls automatically come up. And that is just wired within mm-hmm. men in general. I mean, we're just... You're we're, warriors. Right. We're warriors. We're protectors, mm-hmm. right? I feel a threat. Walls go up. Let's go, mm-hmm. you know? But... When she says something to me, I have to remind myself that she is for me and she's on my team and wants the best for me and wants the best for her. So I have to hear that. And if I don't, then she will begin to just stuff it and Mm -hmm. shove it down. And it that's when these chasms start happening within the marriage where this gap just widens because... Every time somebody says something, it's it's it makes the gap further apart as opposed to filling it in with dirt and concrete and trying to patch it up, right? And so I think that that's really a piece that for men understanding that we need respect, 
you need emotional support. Mm -hmm. You need for us to say, I'm with you. I hear you. I appreciate you having you sharing that. I don't like to hear it, Mm -hmm. but I appreciate it because I know that ultimately you're for me. Right. Yeah. And I think, I think it is such a beautiful thing when you can say hard things to each other. You know, you have said hard things to me. I've said hard things to you. And yes, it's, it can be difficult to receive in the moment, but ultimately knowing that you are my biggest fan and you want me to succeed. You don't want to downplay my feelings or discard my emotions or, you know, be dismissive in any sort of way. Getting to a place in your relationship when you can say the hard things in a loving way, Mm -hmm. like always do it in a loving way. There's a way to communicate things and a way to deliver things in a way that, yeah, it still might sting a little bit. Mm -hmm. But if it needs to be said, if it needs to be addressed, you have to be able to say and receive hard things in your marriage. No doubt. Because it is work. It is work. I mean, marriages don't last 60 plus years without some kind of work. Yeah, that's a fact. They're either working really hard or they're just cruising and completely avoiding. Right. And that's that's no way for no, anybody to live. That's, that's, that's no not way. fun. No, it's not. And and I think but when it comes to even conflict, shoring up the foundation of your communication prior to conflict helps the conflict go a lot better. Mm-hmm. Okay, so meaning that I'm sharing myself with Sarah on a regular basis in a way that she feels connected to me. She feels intimate with me on a deep level. She hears my heart. She sees me. She sees the vulnerabilities in me. And I'm I'm sharing that with her. I don't always have to be on. I don't have to be strong all the time. I don't have to be um, anything more than I am. She sees me. She sees my flaws. And she accepts them because I'm sharing that internal dialogue that I have with myself as a man with her. And so that lets her into my world because think about this. If you've ever tried to have a conversation with an opposing political party on Mm. a hot topic, Lord, get me out. Lord help us. Okay. Take me away from there. But this is a, (laughs) this is a perfect example. So if the two of you are in different circles, you don't really have much in common You don't live under the same roof. You don't know that person. And because you don't know that person, you feel that when they're attacking you, you feel that attack. And so therefore, there's no common ground for you to really kind of come together on. And so it's like me against you. Whereas if you have a friend or a loved one that has a differing view, at the end of the day, you can accept differences when the other parts of your relationship have formed strong bonds and we're not in this me against you. I know that you believe this about, you know, Republican, Democrat, whatever. I don't believe that, but I love you. And so, and I think that that's something that 
trying to maintain that level where the two of you are working together and you're not living or running in different circles. And so if you can't give somebody a view into your life and into you deeply and intimately, it's very difficult to think that they're going to be able to communicate with you on a level that you can truly hear and understand. And so that's creating that space. So every night, Sarah and I, this is just something that we've done and somebody told us this a long time ago and it's been the best advice that we've ever received. But every single night, we sit down with no phones, no screens, and we just download our day. We just talk. We just chat. The daily download. It's the daily download. <laughs> and some days we talk about kids. Some days we talk about work, schedules, finances. Some days we talk about how we feel about certain issues, certain things, things that have been bugging us. Um, so we just kind of have this daily routine that we do and it's not long and some nights are, you know, it's pretty, pretty basic, right? It's pretty just, Hey, here's what we got going on this week. How can I help support you? What things can I do to maybe lighten the load? What do you need me to do? Again, women, when it comes to communication, do not assume that your husband knows. Oh my gosh. Like, can we just take a second real quick? And talk about this. Let's talk about that. I feel this is very important. We, we just, we need to just pause. Have the chat. Okay. So I have learned in the 22 years we've been together, almost 19 years married, that he has no clue what is going on in my brain. None. None. And I've, I've explained to him several times my brain does not stop until my head hits the pillow at night and I drift off to sleep. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. It's going on and on and on and on and on. And it is thinking about 50 different things at one time. His brain is like an ice cube tray. It's everything has its own little compartment or a bento box. They don't touch. Whatever you like. And... To me, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like how, how, how can you do that and not be thinking about this or considering this? But it's, that's just how they're wired, ladies. That's how men are wired. So early on in our marriage, I made the assumption that anything around the house, like doing dishes, picking up clothes, folding laundry, anything that is required to keep a household moving and keep it clean and organized and not a complete disaster. It, it just was not at the forefront of his mind. Just, mm -hmm. it just wasn't. Nope. And we, we were raised different. We were raised differently. So that that's important too, to, to talk about how you were raised and expectations and things. So I had all of these expectations of things that he would just jump in and do or help me to do. And when he didn't, because of my expectation, it really ticked me off. I mean, we had so many discussions. <laughs> Air quotes, discussions. On, <laughs> arguments, on, code word for arguments. <laughs> yeah, we just, we had so many just, gosh, they seemed so serious in the moment. And they were in the moment. When you're first married and you have a fight, 
about that, it's like, how are we ever going to survive? How are we ever going to get yeah. through the dishes not being done? Yeah. <laughs> so in the moment, it's it's a lot. And I I had to learn to make it very clear exactly what I needed or what my expectation was. And so now, 22 years into our relationship, um, he understands that I, I don't like having dishes in the sink. I just don't. And I'm not crazy, like... OCD about it. Yeah. I'm not OCD about it. And there's there's nothing wrong with being OCD because there are a lot of... Yeah. <laughs> I love the organization yeah. that comes. Yeah. But I have learned also, okay, not only do I have to communicate to him, I would really like the dishes done... We're now at a point in our lives where we have two children who do the dishes. So that's great. great. That is their job. That's their chore. But early on, if if the sink was full of dishes, he knew because I communicated, I that gives me anxiety. That causes me to spiral. I cannot function very well if things are in disarray. And so he would jump in and help with that. A lot of times without me even asking because we had a discussion about it. We had a, a communication and an understanding. And because he wanted to try to help offload some things for me, and he wanted me to be in a good headspace of, you know, being able to just have a normal conversation or even leading to, you know, sex. Like if, if your world is in disarray and you as a lady are stressed out about the things around you, the environment absolutely impacts our desire to want to have sex because, you know, it, we could be in the middle of it thinking about all the laundry that has to be folded. Yeah. Or, and for you guys, y'all don't understand that at all. Yeah. And, and or vice versa, because there are some men that are wired that way as well with right. the house and some, some ladies yes. are not always the neatest or, Correct. and so it, it goes both ways, it but does. the principle yeah. is absolutely the same. We're just using this example because I tend to be the one that is not thinking about it as much. And so therefore, you know, it was with Sarah. And so I had to learn and understand. And and again, this was something that I had to pull out of her because the conversation basically was, Sarah, I need you to tell me what you want me to do. Sarah, her response was, I shouldn't have to tell you what can you obviously see that the sink is full of dishes. Right. And so herein lies the problem. The unstoppable force meets the immovable object. <laughs> because at that point in time, yeah. that conversation turns into an argument where I'm right. I'm just asking you to tell me what you mm-hmm. want me to do. And I'm mad because you don't know. What I want you to do. Exactly. And these are the assumptions <laughs> that we come in with where our communication breaks down. Yeah. Because that's a place where I'm reaching out saying, hey, I want to do this. I, I don't really want to do this, but I know it's a, a need for you. And I know that you need me to jump in and help do that. And so with that, I just need you to communicate with me what your expectations are. Because when we establish what a good expectation is. And I'm not talking about rigid expectations, guys. Right. Okay. Like, let's let's be honest. I mean, life happens. Things happen. It's not always going to be Mm-mm. rainbows and unicorns and no. beautiful all the time. Like, you're going to get sick. You're going to be out of town. It happens. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
But the same way in which Sarah was talking about the things that were going on within the house was the same conversation that we had to have when it came to a sex, a sexual rhythm mm-hmm. and the things that I as a man needed and desired. And so we had to have those conversations because, again, it was the same principle. I couldn't understand how she couldn't understand what was a healthy rhythm, right? But again, our brains are wired differently. And so that is where the communication part is so important that you're you're sitting down and you're sharing everything that's in your mind without it being this attack mode or without things having to come to a head. Mm -hmm. So maybe when the dishes, the sink is full of dishes and Sarah's over there slamming dishes in the sink as she's washing them, it might not be the best time to have that conversation because she's already in a heightened state of I'm pissed off. Yep. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, gosh, what's going on with her? What have I done? What have I done? What's, what's going on? And so, you know, she could shut down and not say anything about it. And we can go on as business as usual. And then all of a sudden she just put a rock in the box, right? She just picked up a rock and put it in the bag that she's carrying around. And before you know, she's carried and picked up 150 rocks and that's weighing her down. And so if she's not communicated that to me, it's not fair for me to be held accountable for something that I don't know about. Yeah. And so that's why when it comes to communication, particularly around your needs and desires and your wants, there's nothing wrong with stating what you want. There's nothing wrong with with sharing your heart and the why behind it, because this is really the thing that we got to get down to the the bottom of. The what is never as, as, as important as the why. The why is so important. Because when I understood that the dishes being in the sink really like gave Sarah anxiety and and brought her to a place where she didn't feel like she could rest because there were things left undone, it changed my perspective and my perception on it. And so then it came from, I got to do this task because the dishes need to get done. It changed my perception to say, I want to do this task because I want her to be in a good, healthy headspace so that she can be fully relaxed Mm -hmm. so that she doesn't have to carry that load or that weight alone. And so the difference of that, but it took some really hard communication to get there. Mm -hmm. And the same thing when it came to our sex life, there's, there've been times where, you know, you, you have to communicate your needs and your wants within whatever your sexual rhythm is and, the other partner has got to be willing to hear that. And, you know, whatever your rhythm is, whether it's once a week, twice a week, five days a week, God bless you if you can go five days a week. That's incredible. But when you're communicating these things, you have to do it in a way where there's some give and there's some take. It's not this thing where I'm always going to be locked in that this is what we have to do. But at the same time, just like I have an, uh, an expectation that I'm going to go to the gym most days. Some days it don't happen. Some days I don't feel like it. Some days I'm tired or I'm hurting or whatever the case is. And there's grace for that. But my overall perception is, is that I'm going to get up and go to the gym on somewhat of a regular basis, just like Sarah is going to work out at home on somewhat of a regular basis. And so we have these expectations But if we don't have these expectations that have been clearly communicated between the two of us, 
then we can't ever really find a good rhythm together. It's like we're fighting against each other. We're, we're fighting in this way where there's this unhealthy tension that's created that it's really pulling you apart as opposed to drawing you closer together. And so I think that the communication part, particularly when it comes to your, your desires, your needs, your wants, because men, let me just, let, let's just get this out in the open here. If your wife does not feel safe with you, she is not going to give it up, brother. It ain't going to happen. And if she does, she will give it up grudgingly. It's not going to be something that she really wants to do. So when we talk about communication, we use the analogy of a bank account. Every time that we sit down and we communicate and we talk, we talk about our day, we talk about things that we're struggling with. Parenting is freaking hard. Lord, it is hard, y'all. It's hard. We love our kids. And at some point, we all feel like we're screwing our kids up. I mean, I'm just putting it out there, okay? (laughs) But at the end of the day, like Sarah and I will talk about times where we felt like we had a win as a parent or times that we felt like we had failed as a parent. Um, We talk about our hopes and our dreams, what we want to do, what we want to see for each other, the the good parts in each other, those are simply making deposits into a bank account. So guys, when you're communicating intentionally with your wife, you're putting money in the bank, right? You're building up that bank account balance. Because when you go to make a withdrawal on that bank account through sex, if you don't have enough deposits in there to cover that withdrawal, eventually you will go bankrupt. And that's where marriages end up because people oftentimes think that the lack of sex is the reason that marriages fail. But really, that's just a piece of it. Mm-hmm. That's just a, that's a part of it. Because if you look at the overall health of the marriage, sex is absolutely a, a, an indication of a good, healthy, strong marriage. But if the communication part is not occurring, I promise you the sex piece begins to wane. If not the quantity, then the quality will. Mm -hmm. And so that's understanding the deposits and withdrawals that we have to make on a daily basis. For instance, Sarah will send me a text message and tell me what an incredible man that I am. And that, that means so much to me as a man, knowing that my wife thinks that I'm awesome. And ladies, if you want to get to your husband's heart, start telling him how awesome he is. If you want to see him change for the better and see him begin to want to be more than he is, start calling those things out in him. And it's incredible what happens. I love it when I get those text messages from her or when she tells me that because it affirms in me things that sometimes I doubt about myself. And so ladies, if you want to begin to see some of that change, begin to speak those things into his life because you will, it, I mean, he'll be like, whoa, what, mm-hmm. what's happening here? But she's so intentional about that. And it has really made me be able to get through some difficult times where I've just been struggling and I'll get that text message from her or the phone call from her, or she'll look me deep in the eyes and take my hand and say, you're the most amazing man. That means so much, but that's an intentional deposit in me that I have to have to keep me going sometimes. And the same with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's good. And I so back to like our little segue, mm-hmm. it, it is so important to communicate and be very specific 
on on what it is you need, what your expectation is. And sometimes you might need a check in your expectation, you know, because mm-hmm. sometimes my expectations are a little irrational or they're just like, honey, that's like, that's just too much. Unrealistic or unachievable. Yeah. Just like, uh, like why, why are you stressing yourself so much about this? Mm-hmm. Right. And so I need that because I realize that a lot of my expectations are, you know, sometimes it's, it's too much. It's like, it's unrealistic. It's, you know, irrational or it's unachievable. And so having you in my life to check that in me sometimes is helpful, but you don't check me in a cart. You're not Kurt. You're not like, you know, making me feel like an idiot. Um, but you lovingly come alongside of me and you help walk me through that. So yeah, for sure. But that takes time. I mean, that it, it takes practice. Yeah. It takes time. It takes an incredible amount of humility. Yeah. Oh, that's a good word. And, you know, you got to set set personal agendas aside sometimes. Yeah, for sure. And so when it comes to communication, some of the main areas of being able to do this effectively and walk this out effectively is just by practice. Because if you don't practice having conversations with each other, you're never going to get any better. And so talk about money. You got to talk about your budget, Mm -hmm. whether you have separate bank accounts, joint bank accounts, look, that's irrelevant, but you got to talk about money. You got to talk about your hopes and your dreams Talk about your family situations. Our, I mean, families can be crazy sometimes, and that's okay. Like, everybody has, a, we have our saying with our family, says we have our own brand of crazy. <laughs> and it's true, but talk about that. Uh, talk about your career aspirations, things that are going on at work that you're struggling with. Be vulnerable. Talk about some of the deep parts that you might be unsure about in yourself, because it's a great way when you're vulnerable and sharing that it's a great opportunity for your spouse to reaffirm some of those things or to help you get into a great headspace where you can make some hard decisions because I'm a slower processor when it comes to decisions where Sarah is much more speedy in that regard, but she always is patient with me and helps me walk through that because I like to externally process my emotions and how I'm feeling about that. But again, talking about that and again, talk about your sex life Sit down and have conversations about your sex life, things that you want, don't want. Talk about things that you need from the other person that may not be present at the time. But again, when we're talking about communicating, we're not talking about having a fight. We're talking about sitting down, looking across at each other, deep into their eyes and saying, hey, I love you. We're on the same team. Can we just have a few minute conversation and talk about this? Conversations don't always have to have an end. They can be ongoing conversations, but at the same time, there needs to be some measurable goals, measurable things when you're communicating about certain areas, whether it be your finances or your sex life, where you begin to see some of those small incremental changes happen, because that's the positive feedback, the reinforcement that occurs to let you know that you're moving in the right direction. Because if if you ain't growing, you're dying. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just one of the things that we heard a long time ago from one of our great friends um, 
and he said it, and I'm not sure where he heard it from, but he said, healthy things grow. And it's absolutely the truth. I mean, we have a basil plant in our house right now. Like, our household is the place where plants come to die. <laughs> no. We have black thumbs. I mean. We've gotten better. We've gotten <laughs> we've gotten better. One of them's surviving. The other one is not right now. But healthy things grow. And clearly that basil plant sitting out there is not healthy, and I don't know what to do to fix it. But We, we just need to let it go. We just need well, to buy it. It needs to go in the trash. That's right. Some of, sometimes things just need to go in the trash. <laughs> Not your marriage, not though. your marriage, though. Not that's your right. Marriage. But, but again, having those conversations where you see those incremental changes—that's such a critical piece. So start today, just taking ten minutes after, if you've got kids after they go to bed, where the two of you wait to turn on Netflix, wait to turn on a show, put TikTok down, put Instagram down, put all that stuff down, and look at each other in the face and just have a real conversation about how you're feeling. What's the thermometer at? What is it reading? What's the temperature reading in your marriage? Sometimes it's warm. Sometimes it's hot. Sometimes it's a little cool. Mm -hmm. And you can, you can see that, but being able to verbalize that and say that out loud to each other can really get you having some conversations that need to occur to help get you going in the right direction. So please make communication a bedrock, a foundational piece it has to be of your marriage. Without excellent communications, I promise you, we've seen it a million times where people don't communicate and it ends poorly or somebody, both parties suffer through it. And that is not where you need to be. Like there are so much available to you and greater things are available when you can reach that deep level of connectedness through your communication. So if you want a great sex life, have a great communication style, Mm -hmm. have great conversations with each other. And I promise you, if you do that, you will begin to see some things turn for the better in your, in the bedroom as well. Yep. I agree. And some of my favorite conversations, even though like all, all the deep stuff and everything is great, but sometimes I just like talking about random things. Yeah. Like I love to hear that part of you. Like we were talking about UFOs last week. Yeah, deep thoughts with Damon. That's what we call them. <laughs> that's what. I, that's what I, we just have these discussions on, like aliens and UFOs, or like I don't know. I, how deep the ocean is. Yeah, how deep the just random, random stuff. Random, random stuff. like yeah. Have those conversations right. too, because you get to explore a part of your husband or your wife's inquisitive mind. Yeah, and. It just deepens your connection with them. So I love I love it when we have those conversations. Yeah. That's a great that's a great way to put it. Be inquisitive yeah. with your spouse. Be inquisitive of the things that they think about that are random sometimes because it really reveals a lot about who they are because mm-hmm. I'm a curious person by nature. I'm just you know, I'm a I'm I'm curious. Mm-hmm. I like to know things or understand things that I don't know about. And, and so having those conversations with you makes me feel like I'm not crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that you love hearing that. And we get a chance to talk about that. And I know, you know, she loves to talk about decorating the house or looking at Instagram about house plans or beautiful, you know, all that. And it's just, it's really cool because that's part of who she is or the best is when something real comes up and it's like, like all the plates are organized in the drawers and this kitchen is like, Oh, yeah. Speaking my language. That's right. right. 
speaking my language. Foreplay right there, y'all. Oh my goodness. Talk about it. And by the way, I just want to say our sink right now is full of dishes. Yeah, it is full of dishes. And I have let it go. I've let it go, you guys. The kids have got it tomorrow. They're going to do it tomorrow. They're going to do it tomorrow. It's off my list, but you know, I have learned to let things go. That's right. Well, look, thanks so much for tuning in with us. Uh, We're going to talk a lot more about communication. And this is just, it was really more of just a conversation between both of us of things that we've learned and things that we would like to share. And so if you have any specific questions, please go on Instagram, follow us and send us some questions. We'll be happy to talk through those as we get those in. But again, we're so excited to be on this journey with you and stay tuned for more. Thanks, guys.